folks, welcome to the Seven Figure Network Podcast. Again, my name is Melford Bibbins, and today I'm with Patty McCracken. And it's awesome because Patty's been in the game for 20 years. This guy started as a teenager, so you know that he has not only seen ups and downs in the economy, but ups and downs in our network marketing industry as well. This has been, you know, and it, let's, let's be honest, anybody who's been in the industry for the last 20 years has seen a lot of that. <laughs> And the fact that he's still cranking along after 20 years means that he's doing some stuff right. So I'm dying to hear what Patty's been do- been up to. So first and foremost, Patty, thanks for being on the show, man. I really appreciate you being here. Milford, I, uh, I'm excited to be here. I know we've connected a couple times, you know, trying to coordinate schedules and everything. And today was it. So thank you. I'm, I'm honored to be on and I'm happy to uh, to hopefully share some value with the listeners here today. Thank you, but I appreciate that. So, you know, uh, one rule of mine is I never tell anybody's story because I never tell them as well as they do. So do me a favor, Patty, just tell me, how did you get in this industry back when you were 19 years old? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, um, you know, I think I was maybe like some of us that, that, that find this industry. I think I was I was looking for a lot. I was dreaming big. Um, I was fortunate that I did have two parents that were very entrepreneurial. They actually owned uh, franchises and restaurants. And oh, so, neat. Um, you know, as them being owner operators of over 30 restaurants, I never really saw anything other than tremendous hard work from them, but also building systems, you know, which I didn't really realize was so advantageous for networking, you know, as it is, but it was, it was kind of that, uh, those two role models of my life that, that dreamt big, you know, they employed over 2000 people at one time. So, you know, I think I had that, that really going for me. Um, I didn't, I didn't have a great attitude or mindset always to school. Um, I love to learn, you know, if you see the books behind me, I mean, I'm constantly reading, I'm constantly educating myself and, and trying to just, you know, uh, get a little bit better every single day. But when it came to actual school and, and, and being studious and, you know, getting degrees and things, I just, it just wasn't in me at that time. You know, now I think today I probably would have done okay, but at 18, 19 years of age, I didn't really know what I wanted to do. Um, and so I was approached by someone. I, I got a tape, actual cassette tape back then. Um, I listened to it and I got more information and I got started in my journey. But um, that's that's how I got started so early on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I got really, really close with mentors. You know, I actually, I, I left Illinois where I was born and raised, moved to Southern California where my upline and my, my support system, my team and my mentor was. And um, that was really my education yeah. getting started. Mm-hmm. Man, I so, love the fact that you mentioned systems because oftentimes you know that it, added, it, that it takes those first couple of steps of success before, before th- people think about doing systems. You know, it's like you can kind of muddle through and earn a couple ranks. You know, you can kind of just do your thing or do whatever you're told, quote unquote, and make it a couple ranks. But we all know that eventually you're going to hit that wall and systems are what's going to get you through. So having your folks have that kind of background. So being raised in a franchise franchise model, really, how do you think that impacted your leadership skills when you were building your team? Well, you know, again, I think I learned and I adapted over time. You know, I don't think it came to me as quickly as possible um, when I first got started, you know, I, I really trusted my, my friend, you know, and it was actually my brother's friend or it was, it was my, one of my best friend's brother mm-hmm. uh, who reached out. He was actually trying to, uh, enroll my father, oh, you know, and he kind of, he kind of went the back door through me. Mm-hmm. I wasn't really sure of what I wanted to do in my life. I, I was kind of struggling in, in college and, 
you know, I just didn't know, you know? And so, I mean, it, it took a minute for me to understand it, but then I got started, but I mean, it was systems that, you know, did allow me to, to, what I understood very quickly was I had to use what was around me, you know, the resources around me. And so, you know, at the very beginning of it, it was as simple as, Hey, you know, uh, um, would you check out some information or, Hey, would you, would you listen to this audio or, you know, listen to this pre-recorded message or whatever it was. And then I would get someone on a three-way call. And so that was my early system that allowed me to make enough money to understand that I, I could build something and I had belief, mm-hmm. but, you know, with my parents in mind, it, it was what would never scared me was the investments um, mm. of money and time. Like, you know, I mean, this was back in what, 2002, 2003, somewhere in there. Uh, I didn't have a credit card. I didn't have really a lot of money. Um, that company was probably $250 or something to get started. And then you had to be licensed uh, in the state of Illinois. And so I had to get licensed, took like a month. Um, but in that process, I made a list. I started contacting people. And, you know, I think it was just that that understanding that, you um, you know, before you can sell a hamburger or a, 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 you know, a box of fries, you have to build the restaurant from the ground up, yeah. you know? And so it takes time, you know, before you ever see your very first dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, I think those were some of the really beneficial things that I needed in my life. Cause I really didn't make a lot of money. Um, my first probably eight years in the industry, mm-hmm. I made enough, but I didn't really make a lot, you know? So all those things, you know, uh, evolved and um, I eventually did become successful and, and started earning a tremendous income and, and uh, you know, being able to really see what was great about our industry. So, so tell me what the turning point was. I mean, if we had eight years of struggle, but enough success that you stuck it out, you kept it going, what, what was the turning point for you? Uh, I think it was my own maturity. You know, I think it really was kind of failing forward. Um, I was very good at surrounding myself with the top leadership of the company. And, and, you know, back when we all got started, everything was event driven, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I also worked with, lived with, you know, um, hung out with, you know, one of the top guys in in Orange County, California. And so I was able to really, although I wasn't necessarily cashing big paychecks, I saw a lot of people around me. Mm -hmm. And so that was enough that allowed me to grow. But I mean, the turning point was um, I was 29, you know, I was still trying to figure things out. I didn't really have a career. You know, I felt that my parents had poured enough into me, that the that the industry had poured enough into me. You know, I, I was buying books, listening to tapes, going to, you know, the, the big training events back then. And it was kind of like, if not this, then what? And so it wasn't that original company um, that allowed me to to you know, become successful financially. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was it was probably my second company. You know, in 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 that whole time frame, though, I was learning from other other companies as well. Mm-hmm. You know, in Orange County, California, it was a pretty big mecca for um, some of the larger companies. Yeah. You know, and so I networked a lot. I was out a lot. I was meeting people a lot, and so I kind of just knew it was it was eventually something would happen. I just had to keep going. I had to keep searching, looking. And eventually it was kind of a timing thing. I think it was a preparation thing. I think it was um, timing in the industry, timing of a new company launching, mm-hmm. you know, kind of right place, right time. But then being strong enough to know, okay, I learned everything in the past. Maybe I didn't make a lot of money, mm-hmm. but if I can apply what I learned these last six, seven, eight years yes. and apply it here, what could happen? 
And it was fast, you know, within three months I'd earned, or no, I think my first month I earned the car, you know, um, in that company. Within eight months, I had gotten to uh, over $10,000 in income a month. And I'd never, I'd never come close to that, you know? And so it was just one of those things where it was just timing, preparation, um, and then just going for it one more time. Yeah. Love it. So we, we just took a minute and talked about what changed in you to make you start growing more. How about what were your growth plans for your team? And especially over these last couple of years, because I mean, you, you were lucky enough, you hit your stride before the apocalypse, <laughs> you know, before everything went weird and sideways. How were you able to continue not only your positive mental journey, but pass that on to get your team growing over these last few years? I mean, over the last you know, I, I've, I've been in different organizations and teams, you know, over the last few years. Um, but I think when it comes to other people, I mean, it always came down to, to seeing what they wished and what they wanted, Mm -hmm. you know, and I mean, setting the right expectations. Um, I mean, fortunately every company I have been a part of, except for maybe one, you know, has been successful. You know, they have, Mm -hmm. They have gotten to well over $100 million in sales or, you know, whatever category or whatever kind of benchmark you're looking for. Um, And so, I mean, I always just share, I I did, I I became good at telling stories, sharing stories, you know, getting out of my way, Um, you know, as as someone that was was struggling through my 20s, -hmm. I, I failed a tremendous amount. You know, um, I would build a team and then it would kind of fall apart and I'd build it again and kind of fall apart. And a lot of that was me. A lot of that was how I was communicating or not communicating. You know, um, there's so much that kind of does go into it. Mm -hmm. Um, Fortunately, I'm sure everyone on this on this line is a part of a great opportunity. You know, so whether you're in a service based or a product based company, you know, you have something there of value that you're sharing with others, Mm -hmm. you know. And so I think it's always just about understanding what your organization and team is looking for. Um, and, you know, it's, it's something that John Maxwell has always said. I mean, it's the law of the lid. Mm-hmm. You know, I think I learned that principle really early in my career where it's, it's inevitable that you can, I mean, it, it, sometimes it'll pop up, but, you know, again, if, if, if maybe you're not connecting with a leader properly, or you're not maybe able to move a group like you need to, mm-hmm. you can always bring somebody else in, you know, if, if your ego can get out of the way, you know, you can, again, you can point to someone, you can shift to someone, mm-hmm. you can bring in other expertise. You can, you can promote a book or a podcast, you know, that someone can listen to. And it can be those just simple couple minutes, those couple nuggets, but it can be, it can be a lot, you know, it can be life-changing. So I think, I think just reflecting, understanding kind of what is needed, what, what needs to happen, what you can point to, what new story you can create. Maybe that's another nugget of it is always not really stopping, you know, and you're always looking to provide value and help somebody else get to where they want to go. And you can run with those stories, those success stories for months to years. Mm -hmm. It just comes down to what you're trying to do. Yeah, love that. You grew up in a house with parents who employed 2,000 people. A, that's commendable. I mean, to to provide employment for 2,000 people. I mean, talk about moving the needle on the planet. That also means that they had to have that decision of who do we work hard to retain? Who do we know is not making it and, and needs to move on to something else? So has any of that background helped you with your retention model and network marketing? Because we, we talked about growth. Now let's talk about retention. What, what do you think? You know, I mean, I'm sure, I'm sure I picked up things. You know, again, my parents, um, 
I mean, they built these in the eighties, you know? So like, I mean, they, they technically yeah. sold those, that, that group and that restaurant group when I was in seventh grade. So okay. a little bit prior to my yeah. journey, mm-hmm. but I mean, I, I went to conferences, like my parents held conferences. They went to conferences. Yeah. Um, my parents actually did join a company. Uh, it was a Japanese based product based company. They, mm-hmm. they, they were recruited into it, um, you know, several years after selling their franchises. And I went to a couple events with them on that. You know, um, and I got to meet Bob Proctor. You know, I met Bob Proctor when I was like 16 years old and I was way too young. Right. I mean, just to be real, um, to, to understand the value of what I was receiving from him, because he talks about it sometimes he, in the past, he talked about it. He had a, he had a team program for that company. Uh, I think his wife was a diamond or something in it. And it was it was incredible. I mean, we, we learned how to break boards and we were learning from like Olympic athlete trainers and and coaches. And wow. I I guess, I mean, there's never just that one thing. I mean, there, there can be that one thing that is life-changing, but when you really do look back on the entire journey of, of what it takes to be, to hold anything together, I mean, it can be a business, it could be a family, Mm -hmm. you know, um, it, it just takes dedication and commitment but from a retention standpoint, I, I think I, I think it's I think it's setting the proper expectations with certain people, and then you know again a, creating a large enough opportunity for them to to achieve their goals and their desires and their dreams. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I, I think I've I've been a part of opportunities. I've been a part of jobs. You know, where sometimes you don't have a solution oriented leader or, or owner or whatever, you know? And so things kind of can shift or um, things can go, things can be good. Things can go unplanned, right. That you're just not expecting, but sometimes you also have to be patient. You know, I've learned that as well. Sometimes you have to be patient and just kind of ride, ride through the storm, you know, Jim Rohn, you know, the same wind blows on us all, you know, it's just the set of your sail. It's the direction you're trying to go. So I think all in all, again, I mean, it comes down to your mindset, you know, and, and what you're looking to achieve, what you're looking to do. And then maybe the final piece would just be asking the right questions. You know, sometimes you are getting set. Sometimes things aren't going the best and you might need to pivot or you might need to look around. Um, other times you, you do need to just be patient, ask right questions, maybe get your concerns heard or met, you know, before you just immediately look elsewhere, right? Or look for that next shiny object, which is always going to be in our industry. Amen. Amen. Hey, let's, uh, let's talk about how you've been recruiting. Cause it's funny before, before we hit the record button, we we're talking about, you know, pivoting from belly to belly to pure online to now the hybrid model that everybody's trying to go back to online. Um, what was your original best way of recruiting when you first got started and, and sort of saw that first hit of success and how has that evolved over the last few years for you personally? Man. I, I can definitely talk about this because I'll tell you, I'm not, it's so interesting because I, I started Webinar Wednesday in our group. I started Zooms, you know, early on, like when Zoom first launched, no one knew what it was, yeah. um, it. you know, and so I mean, I was doing all the, all the webinar based stuff, mm-hmm. but when things started and then I was doing social media, I was on Periscope, like I had a big following on there. And then, you know, just for whatever reason, I, I kind of started slowing down on my own personal um Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Like I just, I'm not that big of a promoter for that. There's so many other tremendous, tremendous coaches and leaders out there that can train you that stuff. I've always been very good to my network. You know, I don't try to beat it up. Um, you, you can, you know, uh, and I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of it, 
But I mean, over this past weekend, I was in I was in Scottsdale, Phoenix, Arizona for for Easter and then kind of a vacation, mm-hmm. you know, and um, I was able to meet some tremendous people playing golf. I was able to meet some some really great people in the pool. You know, it's it's not that difficult if you're not trying to necessarily pitch someone, you know, I got to get them right now or I got to get them my sample or my product. Mm-hmm. You can just kind of start a relationship and build with somebody it's crazy where things can go and where they can lead. You know, I mean, I'm, I, I met two people uh, this past weekend who um, are almost exactly what I've been looking for these last three or four months, you know, and it's just very interesting how it works. It's not per, it's not, you know, they're a little bit different industries, a little bit different this or that, you know, but they're, they're, they're in a very similar um, industry of sorts. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, when I still today, I still go out and about, I still try to meet through, you know, meet people through other people. Mm-hmm. And it's not to try to recruit them immediately. It's kind of try to network through them, yeah. you know? And so it's, I've been blessed, I think, where I had some great mentors that really taught me how to ask the right questions. Mm-hmm. You know, of course, form, F-O-R-M, family, occupation, recreation, motivation, or money, whatever you want to put for the M. Mm-hmm. I mean, I do that with the cab driver, to my Uber driver, to my server, to my child, to my wife, whatever. I mean, I'm always using that acronym in a way, right. To, to kind of just see what's going on, what's, what's, Mm -hmm. what's happening. And then, you know, I will gently share, Hey, you know, I'm looking for this or man, I may, I don't know if you're interested, but you could really help me with this. Like I met a gentleman playing golf and, you know, he did very, very well. He lives in Boca Raton, Florida. Mm -hmm. You know, he did really, really well in, in finance. Mm -hmm. Um, he has a British accent. I said, so, you know, Mark, tell me like, what was your key to, to telesales and success? And he was like, well, I think it was my accent. <laughs> I'm like, all right, well, I need a little bit more than that. Cause I believe <laughs> you. And, and he, he did great, but he, you know, he started going into it. And so, I mean, I just a couple, you know, again, we all asked that first question, Hey, are you interested? Yes. No, maybe so. You got to go two or three questions deep, deeper mm-hmm. or deep. Right. And then, and then people were like, wow, you really care. Wow. You really Oh, well, I'll tell you how I crushed it in telesales in the 80s, 90s, whatever. Yeah. You know, success leaves clues. So mm-hmm. um, I'm jumping around a little bit on, on That's things. Great. That's great. When I come to when I'm coming to recruit, and I've never been a top, top, top recruiter, I I I try to provide value first off. You know, I try to bring someone something that they may be interested in, or they're gonna know somebody else. Mm-hmm. You know, so I learned that in a book or a tape, you know. What do you do? What are you looking for? What kind of leads would be beneficial to your company or your business? You know, um, and then again with my network, I've 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 tried to be I've, I've tried to be as integrous as I could be with my network. You know, just because maybe an opportunity doesn't fit for me doesn't mean I go back and just destroy my last company. You know, or that's not necessary. That's not needed. Um, I've never tried to distract people. I've never tried to, you know, if people come to me with something, I would give them the right answer, you know? And so again, when it comes to your own current network, there's gold, you know, there's gold in the network, there's gold in the hills, you know, you just have to kind of dig for it. And you dig by asking better questions. You dig by maybe, maybe sharing something differently. You know, when I talk to someone, Melford, I might not, you know, I'm not just going to give you an audio. I mean, I always ask, Hey, you know, how do you like to receive information? Do you like to read? Do you like to watch? Do you like to listen? Do you like to go to a live event? Do you want to get on a call? Like, what's up? How would you like to receive information? You know? So just some of those little one percenters can always add up to to equal your hundred percent. 
Yeah, well, that's great. <laughs> you said something that was funny is that, uh, you know, that uh, the guy, I can't remember his name, felt he was closing so well because of that accent, which is amazing. It's very funny to hear that. Uh, are you working much internationally now? Do you do, you do much internationally bu- uh, international building? I do. I, well, we did. Um, I mean, I've, I've, I primarily worked in Mexico the most. Um, I never spoke the language. I tried. I have, I'm sure I have a, probably six or eight CDs back here somewhere. Um, Rosetta Stone, you know, whatever. And God, it's such a beautiful language, beautiful people. Never really learned it. Can always hear it, you know, understand it a little bit. Um, so we worked a lot in Mexico. You know, Canada is obviously mostly English speaking, didn't have a huge French team. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we worked a lot in Asia, uh, you know, Korea and Japan, where we had some some really great success. Um, but yeah, I mean, internationally, it's uh, it can be a different market. You know, I mean, countries, sure. laws are different. Comp, comp plans are different. You know, things are, are a little different, mm-hmm. but people are still relatively the same. You know, um, I mm-hmm. mean, you're still trying to motivate, inspire, empower um, with what's going to drive that person. So international has been fun. It's been different. Um, I like both, of course. I mean, Mm -hmm. is your wife building with you? We met in, in in a previous company. So I, I, that's actually why I live here in Colorado. So I Mm -hmm. I flew in to do a, a regional training that weekend and, um, that was one of the trainings that she was on time. She was in the front row and, uh, we met, we met, um, and it, it was, it was kind of a, it was a, just a phenomenal meeting, um, kind of a love at first sight situation for us. And it, it worked out well, but my wife's a school teacher. So, um, you know, she's always liked, uh, side jobs, side hustles, you know, side gigs. Uh, it's one of the yeah. one things I loved about her was just, she was always looking to empower herself, better herself, and also mm-hmm. work, yeah. you know, um, on top of what she currently did. But uh, she's in a, we actually are in different companies. Um, oh, that's funny. We operate very well. I mean, there's, mm-hmm. the companies know that that was, that was, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. you know, was brought to the attention early on because of my background, but mm-hmm. um, you know, we, we both support each other. Uh, we can both, I, I use her products, she uses some of my products. It's mm-hmm. it's all good. There's some great companies and products out there for everyone. Uh, that's great. Hey, uh, do me a favor. Some folks are going to be, you know, listening to this in their car or on their phone. They won't be able to look at the show notes. What is the best way to reach out and personally contact you? My name's pretty easy to find me. Um, Patty McCracken. So it's P-A-D-D-Y uh, and then McCracken, M-C-C-R-A-C-K-E-N. Um, but usually I'll pull up on YouTube or, or Instagram or Facebook. Um, that name got me in trouble as a kid. I got teased a lot, but it works really well in this industry. People, uh, it's hard to forget that name. Um, and they always think I'm going to be a big, big, big guy and I'm not, you know, but, and I don't have red hair either, but, um, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's probably the best way is just yeah. find me on Instagram or Facebook. I, I will confess. And my wife Conchetta will confess that having a weird name in network marketing works very well. That's, <laughs> there are a few better brands than having a weird first name. Everybody yeah. remembers it. <laughs> yeah. So Patty, right. do me a favor. Tell me what your six month goal is. Wow. Well, you know, my six month goal is all based on, I mean, I, I, I did pivot recently, um, still in the process of, of what I love to do, which is building sales organizations and teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I've kind of pivoted to has allowed me on a personal level to go out there and perform at a very high level. Mm. Um, and so the, the beauty of that is, is um, 
you know, instead of maybe having to create an organization and a team of tens of thousands mm -hmm. um, or a hundred thousand plus, you know, uh, the business I'm currently involved with is not, it's, it is more kind of sales. It is more um, high-end sales where, you know, there is residuals, there's a book of business, things of that sort. Hmm. My six month goals, um, I mean, from a financial standpoint is to, you know, build another book of business that I'm actually able to sell. Mm -hmm. um, you know, in the past, um, I've, I've been with the product-based companies, service-based companies, and I love them both for what they both offer. Um, but this stage of my life, I'm, I'm turning 40 this year. I'm wanting to, to build something like more of a, a career mm -hmm. um, of sorts, you know, so that's what I'm focused on. Um, so a quick summer goal would be to get a little bit better at golf. I'm just not a great golfer. And I'd love to get that handicap down a few strokes. Yeah. But the next six months, you know, um, get better at what I'm currently doing, which, which is another tip, you know, I mean, if you don't, you know, it's amazing what you can learn, what you can teach yourself, what you can overcome. Mm -hmm. You just have to get back to work, you know, and you have to maybe learn a few new skills or learn a few new ideas. You know, um, I know recruiting or I know building organizations and teams is powerful. And so we do hear, you know, belly to belly, face to face, or is it all online social media? Right. At the end of the day, you all, there's so many people that you can learn from. There's so many tapes, books, podcasts, webinars that you can jump on and listen to. And it generally just takes that one, that one nugget, you know, or that one combination on the lock to open it up for you. Um, it just comes down again to, to what it is that you're wanting and what it is that you're willing to do. You know, what are you willing to sacrifice? So next six months is just to kind of, again, lay that foundation, lay that growth, get a little bit more seasoned at what I'm currently doing and, and help more people in that process. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, and I appreciate you use golf as the example because golf is the penultimate example of if you're not playing constantly, you're getting worse. It's yeah. just <laughs> the only way you get better at the game is playing. And I swear the only way to get better at this game, same thing, keep on playing. The, the minute you sit back on your heels, go into management mode, go into no recruiting mode, you're just getting worse and worse and worse every day. So stay in the game. Hey, yeah. hey Patty, thanks so much. Your, your advice today was fantastic. It was really cool to hear, you know, because you're you're playing from a different angle. You're, you're using, you know, even just the, the products you're using, very different than this industry. So I'm really happy to have you on here. And uh, thanks, Patty. I appreciate you being here today, pal. It was a great day. Milford, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Thanks for reaching out and uh, congrats on everything you're doing. You know, I mean, these podcasts and the value that you're adding to the community and the industry is invaluable. You know, this is where you're going to pick up the nuggets, the, the the tips, you know, just that one thing, that one phrase that might stick with you, you know, that will take you to the next level. And it doesn't take much. It really doesn't. It's just, you just never really know what it's going to be. You just have to keep on going. And you just have to keep on striving for, for more. So thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. Very honored. Thanks, Patty. Have a great day. Thank you. Thank you.